Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a bonus Saturday edition of the Chase Thomas podcast, where we go off topic with interviews with people that are interesting in a way that's not related to sports all that much because i like talking about other things besides sports sometimes so to do that trip crosby of green tricycle studios is here and a fellow parkview panther uh most importantly of that of that note trip good afternoon how are you i'm great hi chase it's good to have you here man um i'm excited to pick your brain because i have a lot of questions for you um i want to start because like for me, I think both of us just being in communications and being in digital content, um, doing a variety of things in our adult lives. Um, when friends ask you what you do for a living, mm-hmm. how do you answer that? I say I make funny videos, mm. which is as much as I can dumb it down. But that's not what I say if it's a person who is potentially a customer Hmm. or a colleague, it's what I say to my friends because I know that they really don't want to dig in much further. (laughs) Also, most of my friends know what I do already. Does your family have a strong understanding of what you do? No, they're as confused as anyone. (laughs) Um, And the truth of the matter is in my field, I have to reinvent what I do every year almost. Mm. And so I don't know that I do a good job keeping up with knowing what I do. When you say you have to reinvent it every year, what are, what are you having to reinvent? What are you having to stay up to date on? Well, social media platforms change, Mm. advertising changes, and I am constantly having to adapt how to take what I do well and turn it into money. It's, uh, it's, it's something that I have to be a student of as much as a practitioner. Yeah. I mean, this is a complicated thing to make money. It, it, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, uh, podcasters, when they start out, uh, they lose money trip. They lose money for a long time. And then hopefully like right now it, it flips the corner and you, you move on. But yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's difficult to find that, uh, that avenue to consistently earn and find your, find your spot. Um, it is funny because when, like, when people ask like family, I still, if I called my mom, like I just added her to this call and we added your mom to this call. We should both just ask like, what do you it, tell the listeners what you Gosh. think your son does for a living? What a great idea. You should do that with <laughs> all of your guests. That's such a unique thing. Surprise them with their mom and mm-hmm. say, before, before I introduce you, I would like your mom here to introduce you. Yeah. And then you tell me if she, if she got it right. That's great. I, I think it would be it would me. be awesome. Um, Green tri- Green Tricycle Studios. Where did yep. you come up with the name? It's a very unique name. Um, I came up with it when I was desperate for a name, and this was probably in the mid to early two thousands. And I knew that my company was out to make films. I hate using the word films. It's so pretentious. We make videos. They're videos. Mm-hmm. We know we wanted them to move people. And my name means the number three. So I thought, what moves people that's in any way correlated to the number three? And I thought tricycles. And then I thought, what's my favorite color? 
green. And, and I put them together because if you started a company in 2003, that's what you did. You picked a color and a thing. And now you're going to start noticing how many companies are that. Hmm. So is that, have they changed how companies, like people are running out of names. Eventually we're just going to run out of run out stuff, right? So if you started an ad agency in the, I don't know, in the mid to late 20th century, you were, you were going to name it after someone's name. Ogilvy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, that was kind of the, the traditional advertising company name. And, and now and then it, but then people sort of got cute and they started wanting to sound more random and poppy. And they started coming up with names like razor fish and, mm. um, sandwich and things like this. <laughs> so, um, that's really a company out there. They make commercials. They're really good. Uh, love their work. Huh. And so we, we popped up right about the time that you did the color and the thing, but we're currently in the middle of relaunching a new name, Chase. Oh, I don't think I can say it on here cause we haven't launched. Okay. But green tricycle might go bye-bye. Oh no. Oh no. Mom and dad are going to be more confused as a name. Yeah. But we're just changing our name. Okay. Um, YouTube videos, directing, hosting events, podcasts, Mm -hmm. which do you enjoy creating the most? Um, whichever one I haven't been doing the most of lately. Hmm. I think I just like changing it up. Interesting. So, that I just imagine like I watched in preparation for this, like some of your hosting events and stuff like that. Like I could not do something like that. I don't have that kind of personality yeah, type. Do you, but I wonder too, cause I think people can um, hide who their true personality is if they're more introverted or extroverted uh, for different scenarios. Would you, would you say you have the personality to do those hosting assignments or was that something you had to just psych yourself up for had to get used to public speaking on that level because public speaking through a podcast medium is entirely different than public speaking through an event, right? No, I totally have the personality for it. I come alive with an audience Mm. and I'm extremely extroverted and all the tests label me as things like the enthusiast, the promoter, the inspirer. I think I just, I like, like my ego gets really fed when I feel like I'm moving people in a room to, to feel a certain way. And laughter is the, that's the shortest route for me. Uh, I, I'm not, I can, but I'm not great at moving people emotionally, um, to cry or things, things like that, but laughing, I can get them there. So yeah, I'm, I, I was just kind of made for it. That's just how I am. Do you think that's why you and Tyler work really well? Yeah, it's absolutely because he and I are very opposite, and mm. we we have great chemistry in that way. Uh, he is more introverted and more calculated, and honestly, funnier. I, I think Tyler has a lot of good ideas, and I'm really good at selling them because that's what I do. I'm loud and talkative and extroverted. Interesting um, advice you would tell your younger self when you were figuring it out in your twenties? Uh, I would have told myself a few things. First, I would have told myself to relax and not worry about 
having it all figured out and mm. having some sort of plan all laid out because your 20s are a great opportunity to experiment. You don't have as much to lose. Your goal should just be go learn as much as you can about yourself and how you can contribute to society and what fills you up as a, a way to express yourself. Try it all. And if you don't, if you, if you haven't failed at many things when you're 30, then you didn't do your 20s right. Mm-hmm. And I think I lived a lot of my 20s pretty anxious about knowing how my future was going to play out. So I would have told myself to relax and that no matter how hard I tried, like life would just be different than I could have ever expected by the time I'm 40. And I also would have told myself to, um, to, to create more. Um, when I first started doing sketch comedy in my twenties, uh, this is when Tyler and I were, we were part of a group. There were two others. This is the first time we actually experienced some notoriety. We had a, one of the very first ever viral videos on YouTube and we were building up connections in, in Los Angeles and we were starting to create an audience for ourselves, and we imploded. Because we sat down one day and tried to map out a business plan for our sketch comedy group. And it led to a lot of overanalyzation about how we would make money and who would get how much. And after that meeting, we never made another video. And man, I wish I knew the story of those four guys who just kept creating. Mm -hmm. And I think I think the temptation for creatives is to also have a business plan. And I'm not saying you shouldn't because that's also something that I enjoy teaching creatives how to do is how to have a business plan. But um, there's always this tension of trying to decide whether or not you're trying to work yourself towards a masterpiece or millions. And I think that um, oftentimes – when we when we obsess it, we're figuring that out. It, it paralyzes us just from just doing the thing that will lead to both, which is our which is just to keep creating, keep getting reps in. If you're a writer, keep writing. If you're a podcaster, keep podcasting. If you're a actor, just keep acting. And because before you know it, you'll be forty and you'll have kids and a mortgage, and you don't get to build up your resume anymore. You don't get, I mean, you, you do, but not as freely. You don't get to, um, experiment as much. You have more on the line, more at risk. By that point, you kind of got to know what your lane is. Yes. Which is terrifying. That's probably where the anxiety comes in, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for giving you such a long answer. No, that's a really thoughtful and articulate answer that I agree with. And it's something that I experienced a lot of too, because I wanted to ask on your first point, which was the relax aspect, because that was something I just turned 30 this year and I've spent the majority of my twenties just experimenting, but also getting in the reps where I'll get advice now because I'm, this is scary where I have younger people in my DMs asking me for advice. And um, it's weird that doing this for this many years, like I, I think I could offer something, but not a whole lot because I'm still figuring it out. But you can't replicate just putting in 
putting in the work. Like that's that's simply it. You can't you gotta overlook the seven downloads on episode three and just go and do the next one and put in the time and right. not worry about the money, not worrying about who's listening, who's following. Like you just you're not gonna get that time back. And that was something that I always pushed with family and friends of just like I understand this looks like a huge risk for me at twenty four. And I understand that there are people around me, like I went to like got my undergrad and all that kind of stuff and now I'm in grad school, but like I, I just valued my twenties so much. And I told people about this ad nauseum of just being like, you will never get another opportunity like your twenties. Like your twenties are so unique. And I like growing up and going through the part of your cluster and everything, I was always so ready to get to my twenties so that I could experiment and just start putting in the work and start interviewing people, start doing the podcast, start writing every day and just see what happens, but not worry about where I am at 27 or 26 and just get the reps in, learn from others, read other people, get insight, but like, just keep creating and it will, you'll figure some stuff out along the way, by just keep creating. But I think the outside pressure of people you went to school with or family that your parents know, like all that kind of stuff is where the anxiety came in for me, where it's like, oh, this person is starting their life. They took the safe route. They're an accountant. They're doing really well. They just bought their house. And here I am living in Atlanta and really, really struggling, like really, really struggling, bartending, trying to make it all work while chasing a dream. Like that is where the anxiety just, it it can overwhelm you. Right. And how happy are your parents? Don't answer that. They might (laughs) listen. Rhetorically. These people that are putting pressure on you to figure out what to do, are they, are they so happy that they, that you, that, that they really have the right to tell you what to do? I mean, personally, at the end of the day, I sort of don't even think it even matters Mm -hmm. because I don't think there's a strong correlation between people who make it in their career and people who are the happiest. Yeah. Um, I am a career guy. I'm very ambitious. I work really hard. I have a lot of creative aspirations. Um, but I, I can, I'm just starting to recognize, I'm just starting to recognize that fulfilling those desires is just like a little bit of the pie for what the type of fulfillment that I actually want out of all of my life. And, um, so that I, I would also tell a young person, like, relax because it doesn't matter. If you get there, you're still going to want to get somewhere else. And yep. you're still going to feel anxiety. If this, if this is what you make your life about, that you will feel anxiety. So relax. Like, you don't even know if you're going to get hit by a car next year. Yeah. Like, you don't, like if you don't know how to really – be present mm-hmm. and enjoy the current moment that you're in, regardless of what's going on in your career or your relationships, then, um, you'll never then be you're happy. Sort of, yeah. You're, you're doomed anyway. Right. So relax. It, yeah. Great. It, it's one of those things too. It's just like, you want to get to the point where the thing I look at it is, and you probably think about this too, is just there you'll never spend anywhere else as much time like you'll never spend as much time doing anything else as your career so you want to make sure that you pick the right thing right. um when you're in your 40s that your lane's pretty defined that you pick the right one that will will lead to that happiness so like from 
different people in your life you're like well are you are you happy like you you have a, a good bank account like that a healthy bank account but like are you happy with your lane because you can't right. pivot anymore like there's it's going to be you have to meet people relying on you and you can't do that like i i don't know that's always been uh in the back of my mind and i think it's something to to rationalize have you ever watched the wire the show the wire you know i know i'm supposed to i know mm. it's one of the best shows ever made mm. i just haven't gotten around to it okay well, yes, it's my favorite show of all time, and I, I love The Wire. But there was a line in there, and I think this speaks to what we're both saying, which is, uh, the job will not save you. And McNult- mm. it was directed at McNulty, where he was so invested in a case, and he thought by solving this thing and doing this big thing that it would make him happy and give him fulfillment. But like, the job is eventually going to be done, and then you're just left with yourself. Like you, <laughs> If you sacrifice relationships, being present, and everything else, thinking that this end goal of getting like there's never going to be a number for me with the podcast where i'm like okay i'm good now like i i'm done like it's all great Uh, i'm good i made this amount of money this great that's never going to happen and i'm sure that's the same thing with you it's just like there's never gonna be the right number but if i'm fulfilled with my family with my friends with being present and just where i'm at that that is the ultimate uh form of bliss i'm i'm yeah i couldn't agree more what did you uh what do you want to do when you're running the halls at Parkview? Is it what you're doing now? Uh well, when I was in high school, there was no such thing as social media. Mm-hmm. There was no YouTube. So, in one sense, no, but in the sense that I wanted to make funny videos, absolutely. I was already doing it. I've always sort of known what I love to do interesting all right we're gonna pause real quick for a break uh for a commercial break but we'll be right back all right we're back on the bonus episode of the chase thomas podcast where i'm joined by trip crosby of green tricycle studios trip um something about you and tyler that most people do not know um most people don't know that one of the things that we bond over is spreadsheets. <laughs> okay. We both okay. love organizing data. Okay. Um, Tyler might edge me out a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, I use spreadsheets every day in my business to create budgets and analyze my business. And so does Tyler. Um, we we geek out over things that no one would expect and you know it's it's disappointing to people i i find that sometimes i'll make a new friend and they're like wow you're not that funny <laughs> i know like i don't i'm not just walking around like i'm a character in a sketch comedy all day <laughs> like i i'm a, i i i'm pretty boring mm-hmm. i like spreadsheets and philosophy and i watch youtube videos about space and um you know i tyler tyler is really into his ebay business he sells clothes out of his garage uh like on consignment and um there's nothing funny about us we're pretty good at writing jokes because we understand i mean actually let me back up tyler's hilarious tyler makes all of our friends laugh way more than i do but uh, most of our conversations are about very serious things. 
politics, spreadsheets. Uh, we're both like into fitness and life hacks. Uh, it's just, um, I think every, what I'm trying to say, Chase, is that everything about us would be surprising Mm. if all you knew us from was our comedy sketches. Interesting. I, I also use a lot of spreadsheets. I, I organized like my entire week and like booking you and things like that of just people like when I last reach out and all that kind of stuff. And, um, that's another thing. Life advice, life hack for younger people out there. Get into spreadsheets, get into organizing all of your stuff. It it seems like a lot, but you will feel so much better having everything organized in your calendar organized. Here's some advice that's very counter to other people's advice. But let me qualify all of my advice by saying, please don't listen to me. (laughs) I can only speak out of my own experience and I have a limited experience. But while I have your attention, diversify your skills. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of pressure in life. You're going to get enough pressure about finding your passion and doubling down on your strengths and delegating your, your weaknesses. It's all true. But I think that one of the one thing that's benefited me the most in my career has been being able to do a handful of things pretty well. But here's an example. Um, do I know how to write a funny comedy script and make a video? Yes. But I can also, I'm a really good editor. I can edit. Um, I know how to interact with clients. I understand marketing. I understand sales. I understand spreadsheets. I understand business management. I understand business finance. And, and investing myself into learn, investing my time into learning all of these things has really helped me create opportunity in my life to build something. And I find over and over again, um, even when I hire employees that they're so, they're so good at one thing, but then, um, that's sort of it. And, and it limits, um, a person's ability to execute or, be handed responsibility. It's hard to grow in, in the amount of responsibility that you you're given inside of a job or even by clients if you're too specialized. And again, I think specialization is great. I hire specialists every time we do a production. I hired the best cinematographer, the best uh, sound guy. That's great. They have specialized skills. But I'm just saying, if you really want to build something, and if you want to be able to dream big diversify yourself learn a bunch of stuff and get good at it at least understand a lot more than what you specialize in how much do you remember about stuff you should know about stuff oh very little i've never read it (laughs) i'm looking at it right now i have it on my bookshelf um i'm looking at it right now um it's very good i remember i read it like two hours like it was one of those quick ones i remember yeah. i burned through um one summer uh, that's how that's just how intellectual our book is it can be read in two hours i didn't mean it like that no it's well, just no i'm being serious it's mm-hmm. the reason it's the size that it is is mm-hmm. because it fits perfectly on the back of most toilets <laughs> it is a bathroom reader it's meant to like open up to any page and read it's very dumb it's 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 a mental break that's the kind of book it is it is a delightful read. So go get, order that stuff. You should know about stuff if you have not already. 
Um, your favorite video that you ever created? For me, for your- like I went back through and I watched them all. I I enjoyed your one at the coffee shop the most, messing with people at that particular coffee shop. That I think it was an RX ad. Oh, for Urgent RX. Yes. That was a great series. Those were prank videos. Yeah. Thank those you. were great. Um, those were fun. I, I forgot about those. Wow. Um, I, I don't know. I, I get asked this pretty often mm. and I don't know. I mean, it, it's when you, you know, you make, you make, you make things, you're a podcaster. Mm. It's hard to, you have a different relationship with your content. You know, most things I've made, unfortunately, I see them as an unfinished work. Um, I see them as like a, as what they could have been had I given it a little more, had a little more budget. So it's hard for me, Mm. but I think the one that makes me laugh actually makes me laugh is probably a video we made about, it was a parody of back when Tom's shoes were a big deal Mm. and they were this really innovative brand that, that were they invented the one for one model, right? You buy one pair of shoes and the money that you spend is going to be partly used to provide a kid somewhere in Africa, a pair of shoes that wouldn't have them otherwise. Right. So we made a parody of this called Tim's and it was a, it was about a one for one business (laughs) that when you buy a smoothie machine, a poor kid in Africa gets a smoothie machine. And it's, it's so wrong. Like, I don't think today we could even make it again, but it makes me laugh so hard. Just the idea of it, really. Not even as much the execution. Why did you and uh, Tyler stop the YouTube show and the podcast, Hello Today? Oh, man. No one's thought to ask me that. Good job. Um, well, I'll take those one at a time. Okay. The reason we stopped the YouTube show is because we didn't think it was working. And that was, that was naive. Um, we, you have to understand, we started making videos at a time when viral videos were more possible for us. Um, before the YouTube algorithm existed, uh, your YouTube videos just went to your subscribers, right? So, um, everything's changed since and we would get away with making a handful of videos a year that we just put all this effort into and we wrote them with the intention of them being shareable and relatable and viral but now youtube you can't do that you to build an audience you got to be putting out content very very often there's a few exceptions but for the most part to build a youtube career you got to be putting out content which means it can't be very produced or scripted it's this is why vloggers and unboxers and pranker pranksters this is why these guys build youtube channels right i mean they just there's they can pump out a lot of content well um so when we made this show it wasn't shareable relatable viral style content and we were really discouraged when it would only have five thousand views the first week like oh this isn't working of course now all of them probably have at least a hundred thousand views and i now know if we had just kept doing that every week, we really have something going right now. But we didn't power through. Um, we were spoiled, spoiled rotten from having videos that got millions of views. 
And so we stopped. Um, there was also a sponsor deal there that no one knew about, uh, sort of behind the scenes and that there was some, there were some issues there. Um, there, there was someone paying for those episodes and we were, look, we were dumb and greedy and naive. Like we, we, we probably didn't do it cause no one was paying us anymore hmm. with the podcast. Um, there's no real business reason there. I think we just sort of got out what we wanted to get out. I mean, I don't have to say it any other way. We, we did the podcast. It felt like it was time to take a break. We talked about starting it back up and neither of us had the, the synergy. Um, so we just didn't. And we just decided like, yeah, that was our podcast. We did. Next thing. Interesting. What, what, what was more, what, what do you miss more the YouTube show or the podcast? The podcast. I mean, the YouTube show is great, but it was just a lot of work, I mm. mean, way more work. Um, I, I will probably do a podcast again. I don't okay. know if Tyler and I will together. He's done some without me. You know, part of it is that he and I just like to talk about different things. It works mm. well in our friendship, but when you're, when, the, when there's an audience, we're both just kind of like moving in two different directions. Um, and we're both fine with that, but we can acknowledge it and go like, yeah, you should probably do a golf podcast, which is what he did for a while. And I should probably do one that delves into more philosophical, heady topics. Um, and I will at some point. Okay. There you go. It's a good tease. I like this. Um, I remember something from the YouTube videos that I wanted to ask you how, uh, or uh, I guess I should phrase this this way. Have you adopted more of an appreciation for Chili since returning to Atlanta? (laughs) I love Chili secretly. Chili's is amazing. I tell my girlfriend all the time. I'm like, no, no, no. Every like Tyler made a good point where it's like anything on the menu I'm going to enjoy. Like I could enjoy anything at Chili's. You just have to lower your bar. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm turning into a foodie in my old age. I Mm. really appreciate fine foods, but sometimes I just want to go have a chili dog at a, at a Braves game. Right. Mm. Or sometimes I just want to go to Chili's and have a, some, some chips and queso and some big drink. That's like blue. You know, I just want to like, I just want to shave a few hours off my life because it's going to be worth it. Um, speaking of Los Angeles, how hard was it for you to leave LA and come back to Atlanta? Very hard. I'm glad I'm not there now. Mm. Um, but I didn't want to leave. I had, I came kicking and screaming. Do you, I mean, but now that you're here, do you think it was the right move? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, it was definitely the right move for my family and and I wouldn't have been able to predict things like pandemics or the fact that I would end up with three kids. And now here we are in this wonderful neighborhood with great schools and we love our neighbors and our kids have a big yard to play in. And my son is obsessed with catching frogs and all these things. I was, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. I was thinking about me thinking about my career. Yeah. Um, not, not that you can't raise a family in LA. I mean, I would have done it and we, it would have worked out, but, um, I, I know that for my family, when I, when I make the equation more than just myself, we're in the right spot. But at the time I did not want to leave. 
how does becoming a parent or how did becoming a parent change how you view your work? Oh man, becoming a parent changed my perspective of work more than anything else ever because all I had cared about really was my work. I mean, I love my wife and I was excited to get married, but what really drove me and continued to into the first few years of our marriage was my career. And and I would tell her that I would actually, I wouldn't need to, she knows and she relates. She's the same way. She's a career person. Um, we love each other. We love our marriage, but we love our work and that's all I knew. And when you love your work, you only see the world through the lens of your own journey. And then all of a sudden these other humans come along and they wreck, they wreck you. They, all of a sudden you have the responsibility of another person's journey. And it's, it's almost hard to put into words, uh, how impactful it is. I thought I knew what it felt to love. Uh, I thought I knew what it felt like to have purpose. I thought I knew what it felt like to sacrifice myself or something. I did not have a clue. Um, I, until, until you are, uh, waking up at three in the morning to, by the way, after already being up the whole night before to lay down in a bed with a kid while he goes to sleep on the night before a really important day at work, you don't really understand. Uh, you just don't get it. You don't understand what it feels like to love a child because there's nothing in you that even considers not doing that. First of all, you don't have an option, but I don't even like my example. I, I don't even like where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, I, it's really hard to put into words. Mm. Kids changed everything for me. Yeah, I don't it's even one of those care things. Care about work anymore? I'm gonna keep doing it, and it's fun. Mm. But but my whole world, not my whole world, but a lot of my world revolves around my kids, and I'm happy that way. I want to. And it kind of takes you away from it, right? And it's. Um, it puts things into perspective and that's something I always joked about growing up. I, it sounds like you were probably the same way too, where people would post their kids all the time and everything else. And you're just like, I remember my mom would just be like, why don't you, and I'm like, mom, they're not mine. Like, I don't like there's, right. <laughs> I'm getting nothing out of this. I don't understand why right. other people do it. It's not, not right. for me. You will. You will, but you can't until you have that kid. You, you can't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't know. And, and I don't even think everyone should have kids. I, I wouldn't even recommend it unless you think you want. Actually, actually, here's some advice. If you, if, you, if you think you want kids, just be prepared to realize that what you actually want is to have had kids. There's really never a time in your life where it feels convenient to have one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just have to decide, am I a family man? If do I want to have grown kids when I'm in my 60s or 70s? If that's the case, then just do it. Be, treat treat your, your future self to those relationships. Um, I don't know many people. I know some, but I don't know many people who at 
32 or 33 were like, now what I want in life is an infant. <laughs> no, they don't. Some, um, I, I think it, I know more women that feel that way than men, but kids are a huge inconvenience. They wreck everything. Huge. <laughs> I like this. Um, you also did a film trip. I did. You, God, you, you really did your homework. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. This has been years in the making, sir. I, I had time to do my homework. Okay. Yeah. No, I absolutely. Um, and I think it's it's not even it's not even courteous is not the right word, but it's also just like what you should do as a journalist. I do have a degree in journalism. I should do my homework, and I also like doing homework. That's why I'm in graduate school at thirty. Um, oh. Wow. Where Where are you going? Uh, University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Nice. But I was like you, where when I left Atlanta last year, like I lived in the Highlands for many years, and that was a big that was a big thing to just leave. And what street? What street? Uh, Amsterdam. I used to live off uh, Amsterdam. Did you really? Yeah. There's a little side street. I'm, it was called. Um, I can't remember it. So which side of? Highland? So, do you know where the that terrible coffee shop is? The Seattle's best coffee. And well, it probably was San Francisco. Coffee. Or San Francisco, yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so right before you get there at the light, you go down that street and it literally runs right into Piedmont Park. I was on that street. Yeah, that's the one. I, so so there was a – you know, if you're going down Amsterdam that way, if, there's like a right you could take. Mm-hmm. And it would, the street would curve all the way around and then like meet you back. Yes. The park. I lived on that street. I can't even remember what it was called. I don't either. Um. I lived there. Yeah, loved living there. I loved the Highlands. Highlands are my favorite part of Atlanta. It's also just super convenient to everything. Like you're you're close to literally every part of Atlanta that you need to get to. Yeah. Your your audience is going to love hearing us <laughs> describe the geography of our neighborhood. That's that's a good <laughs> right there. Well, I mean, I do have Atlanta all over my um, my podcast oh, cover true. art, so it's just it's part of the deal. And my last question will involve Atlanta, so it it works. But um, yeah, the to bring it all back with the UT thing, like leaving like i talked to my girlfriend about this a lot where i don't my grandmother told me when i left she was really upset that i left and um it was one of those things where she was like you're gonna meet a girl and you're never gonna come back and i was like i don't know that's a little early a little early and i met a girl who i love very much and i i don't know like i'm i'm you're very serious with your girlfriend yes do you know how i know that how because you've talked about her on this podcast twice. You know what guys you know what guys don't do when they aren't serious about the girl they're with? Talk about them on the public platform. <laughs> anyway, it's probably honest. true. I mean that's a good no, thing. It's definitely true. Is that a good thing? I think it's, it's a good a great thing. thing. I'm happy for you. I'm just saying I've no I've you brought it up three times and I've been thinking like this guy's got a very serious girlfriend. I can tell. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I mean and it I don't know. Like I my plans change just kind of like with what we've the the ethos of this episode of just like i i don't know like i might stay here like it's a very strong possibility i don't go back to atlanta um there's parts i miss and there's parts i don't I don't miss the traffic I, like the traffic just being out of my life you Tra- don't have to live in the city when you come back believe it or not i don't want that though i don't know if i want to live it that's what you think mm-hmm. that's what i thought <laughs> the suburbs are the best kept secret I promise you. Do you want to know how I know you're over 40 now, Trip? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, 
I am I'm that guy. But mm-hmm. I eventually waved the white flag. My again, my wife pulled me out here kicking and screaming. And mm-hmm. if, at least if we move back to Atlanta, let's live in the city. Yeah. But I don't ever leave this place. I yeah. love it. Well, yeah. You, I, I mean, you never know. Down. What do I need to go down there for? Well, I mean, Atlanta sports games. I guess it, I guess that's true. I got, like, a big, I got a huge TV, Chase. <laughs> I can watch all the games mm-hmm. on a on a on a comfortable couch in a perfectly climate controlled room, and pause it, and go to my refrigerator and get something out. That's true. What else do I need? Well, I mean, are your friends also in the suburbs? That's another big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. If they all migrate oh. together. They are now. Yeah. Most of my friends don't even live in the state. So, uh, you know, that's negligible. True. Um, there was a, re- like, we went way off, but I think I started this with the film question. Yeah, you did. Um, what was that experience like? And do you see yourself doing another one? I hope so. Um, I just hired a producer on my team and I told him, your real job, aside from all the things in your job contract, your real job is to make sure that I'm making a movie in a year. Because I really do want to make a feature-length film. Um, I love screenwriting. I love the, the craft of it. It's a real inconvenient thing to do. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. But I would like to do it again. Hmm. Were you happy with the end result of your film? Yeah, very, very happy. There you go. Last thing, and we'll wrap up here this afternoon mm-hmm. trip. You can solve what's plaguing Atlanta United right now. How do you do it? <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. Like I'm, I'm a Atlanta United poser. I'm wearing an Atlanta United hat right now. I'm really not that invested, which is like, probably something that's going to make people they're going to if they've liked me up till now in your podcast and they're from mm-hmm. Atlanta just change their mind I'm, I'm not saying I don't love the team I'm just saying I'm not that invested in the sport so, so what what are your Atlanta sports in level um, of investment rankings uh, number one Falcons okay tie for two and three Braves and Hawks uh, it would have been Braves, but the Hawks had a great season, so I got invested again. Mm-hmm. Braves, I, I'm only invested in because I'm around a lot of people that are. Um, I don't really like watching baseball until the playoffs. I so you were it. not you were not up late watching Ozzy Albie's walk off home run last night. No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I get to hear about all these highlights from my friends. And I, and I love sitting down. And, well, first of all, I'm not watching it because I don't get it on my TV. The only way you can get it is through AT&T. And I tried it and I did not like AT&T's television platform. So, well, it's a good thing that they are not the presenting sponsor of this very podcast. <laughs> I know. I thought about that as I said it. Like, wait, do I ever want to do work for AT&T? Hmm, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, I do use their cell service. It's wonderful. I use their internet service to my house. It's wonderful. Not digging the TV platform. That's all I'm saying. Isn't that amazing? We have to be careful as creators everywhere yeah. we go with talking. And like, I've been asked that sometimes where I'm like, I, I got to think about who's on the pot. Like, right. I got to think about that now forever. 
it's a weird thing. It's just uh, it's just a part of our life that we just have to think about right. stuff like that. You actually, yeah, I'm sorry, I think you what have... a letdown for your last question. I'm sorry. How about a positive? Uh, I'll flip it on you. Here we go. Okay. We're we're gonna end on a positive note. Um, I think you did a reason sponsor. Is it Ryzen or Reason? It's Reason. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I grew up eating those. So when I saw that, I was baffled because I was like, I don't know of anyone else who eats it. Shout out to them. But like, I remember I got crap from people. I think my mom yeah. like got it for my birthday multiple times. It's like a in my goodie bag because like I was the only person. It, someone They said it was like an old it's man the candy. Most delicious candy. It's incredible. Like it's, it's the, the best one. Tootsie Roll. Mm-hmm. It's the best one. Like I don't, I, I have no shame. But when I saw that, I lit up. I was like, I, I love that someone else knows what this is because and it's okay. It's cool. Young people love reasons. Love reasons. I'm glad I found someone else out there that appreciates them. Yeah. All creators, co-creators. It's part view forever. Part view and recent. That's right. Go Panthers. <laughs> we believe. Have you, when was the last time you were back at part view? Oh, I don't I mean, it's been 20 years. I'm sure. Is it really? Yeah. Did you go to your reunions? Uh, I went to my 20 year reunion mm-hmm. recently or a couple years ago. And, um, it was not at the school though. It was mm. at some restaurant and it was great. I loved, I mean, it was, it was nuts. Wait till you see people that you haven't seen in 20 years. <laughs> Man. I didn't go to 10 and I was like, I just, I feel like I know people, we haven't changed enough. Not enough's happened. 10's too yeah, soon. I felt that way at my 10. Wasn't a big deal, but 20 was, um, wait, no, wait, not 20. I went to my 10, right? Hold on. No, no, 20. Yeah, it was my 20. Man, I couldn't do the math there. Um, this is where you need your spreadsheets. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm missing. And let me, let me type this in here <laughs> so, and calculate. Um, I, I thought it was, it's amazing how ugly everyone gets. Oh my God. I mean, I'm saying all of us with age. Like, okay. You remember these guys and you're like, this guy was like walking down the hall and he was practically sparkling. He was such a like beautiful jock. And then mm-hmm. next thing I know, some guy's tapping me on the shoulder and he's fat and bald and I don't recognize him. And I'm, it's the same guy. I'm like, what, how old am I? And then I look at myself in the mirror every day and think, oh my God, that's my dad. That's not me. Because we all kind of think of ourselves, we kind of get stuck mentally at an age, and that's how, that's the way we think of ourselves. But um, that's the thing I noticed most about my 20-year anniversary is that it, it like the playing field was finally level again. Like there was no no one was cool because they were cool in high school. Like all those reasons were gone. It was just here we are, starting fresh again. Let's figure out what's going on. Interesting. So I might yeah. go to 20. You sold me on the 20. Go on the go to the twenty. Okay, you you sold me on the twenty. Trip, what can uh, we check out from you across the internet? We got tripcrosby.com. We could follow you on Twitter and do the same thing. But uh, um, the best thing to follow me on is Instagram. I do I do stay pretty active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Just at Trip Crosby. Uh, go to Trip and Tyler on YouTube. You can find us there. And um, that's really it. Those are the places to follow me. I, I, I'd say follow me on TikTok, but I haven't really ramped that up. I'm more of a consumer on TikTok. Hmm. I'm not a consumer at all. I, I've never, I can't, I don't understand it. it, you, it there's nothing to understand. It's just, it, it's, you, you just got to give it a try. All I want is the guy from Ikea. 
Like that's all I want. Like he's yeah. the he's delightful. I would watch any of his videos. I, that is the the extent of my TikTok knowledge is his his Get back and program, forth. Chase. <laughs> I don't want to evolve. I don't want to evolve. I, I don't even do video Zoom stuff. I refuse. No, I refuse. understand. You could blow your podcast up on there. I know. I don't want TikTok it. TikTok is how you get viral fast. I don't get want on. to get viral. Yeah, you, you want an audience. I want an audience, audience, but I don't want a viral. I don't want an audience. I don't mean viral. I mean, you can build an audience really quick. Hmm. I'll think about it. How about that? All right. Think about it. Trip Crosby. This has been a delight. Thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it, Chase. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.